because I had no message for that night until that night. This is about the youth of the heart, not about the youth of age. And they're here to receive what I give them. And so this, at the end of the meeting, and I was doing the altar calls for prayer, and I had to pray for this one woman who, uh, and she's an older woman, and uh, she's been on oxygen a long time. And guess what? She's no longer on oxygen. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Come on. No, and and she, they said she has a pep in her step, and she wants to know God in a whole new way because she met him in a whole different place. Isn't that awesome? So my, my message tonight it's, it's not, it says revival. I got the L kind of too big for that. Yeah, it's, it's fine here. I'm trying to create two computers. But it's not, it's, it's not about revival. That's not my message. But there's two components in revival I think are very important. How many people know revival? We're in revival and it's ever increasing until Jesus comes back. Revival hit me about 10 years ago. The ones that know my story in my apartment. And I wasn't in a church. I wasn't serving the Lord. I wasn't even saved. And the Holy Spirit began to show up as I was giving up in my life. I had this radical conversion where the Holy Spirit come to my house and start talking to me and speaking with me and doing deliverance with me. And that's how I got saved was in my own apartment by the Holy Spirit. So, so revival hit me then. It has been ever increasing in the world. And we're seeing it more and more and more. So how people, I just want you to know we are in revival and it's ever increasing until Jesus comes back. But there's two components I think are important about the revival. There's more than two, but two but I want to just really hit on. One is the Father's love. And Pastor Brent, our senior pastor here, my friend, he really talks about the Father's love. And that's the message of this house, is the Father's love and the finished work of the cross. And component two is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I believe in this revival we're living in ever increasing, those are two of the major components. The Father's love, receiving it and giving it back out, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit being activated in you to bring that revival where you go. See, revival is not a spirit, revival is you. You bring revival where you go. You are that spirit of revival because of Jesus, it's in you. It is said we're 100% man and 100% full of God. We are a new creation, a new creation never seen on this earth before until Jesus, what he did on the cross. So we bring revival wherever we go. So my folks are going to be on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This whole meeting is about, going to be about tonight, is about healing. And there's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, if you didn't know, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, Gifts of healings, working of miracles, that's two I'm going to focus on, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kind of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. I'm just tracking both computers together. I am. Thank you, Jesus. So, 1 Corinthians 14.1, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. And 1 Corinthians 13.1 says, though I speak with tongues of men of angels and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. So again, he's talking about love and spiritual gifts right there in the scriptures. <clears throat> so let's read that 13, 1 through 7, the greatest gift. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but not have love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have, I have faith, of, I have all faith, so that, the, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to defeat the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. does not seek its own. It is not provoked. Thinks no evil. does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And pretty much everyone you hear share tonight, even the worship music was about love, wasn't it? I didn't know what they were doing for worship. I didn't know what they were doing for testimonies, but everything about tonight was about love. Now, I don't know about your experience in life. I ain't never seen no love like this in my personal life. Have you? From parents to relationships I've been in through friendships. There's only one love that can happen like that through Papa God. That's the only true, pure love that is not selfish, where it comes in us, possesses us, and we can give it away freely without wanting nothing back. So love is the key. So let's talk about gifts of healing or workings of miracles. Gifts of healing refers to the supernatural healing without human aid or two may include divinely assisted application of human instruments and medical means of treatment. 
working the miracles, supernatural power to intervene and counteract earthly and evil forces. Literally means a display of power giving the ability to go beyond the natural, operates closely with the gifts of faith and healings to bring authority over sin, Satan, sickness, and the binding forces of this age. And I want to say, back when I was, uh, before I became an ordained minister, a full-time pastor, I was still working my regular job in high tech, and I was still serving ministry at nighttime. And uh, in that last job I had in that profession, I was there for three years, and a lot of you guys that know me know this testimony. Two years into the job, 95 or 90% of the sales and marketing and customer service department came to know the Lord, Jesus Christ, as a Lord and Savior through signs and wonders and miracles in the workplace. Come on. Come on. Well, at the end of the day, I'd come to work at 5, 36 in the morning. There'd be five, six, seven, eight people deep waiting in my office for prayer in a secular workplace where I was always the number one salesperson, but by the time I left, I was doing more ministry than actual physical work. But the deals kept coming in. And that's how the Lord trained me, was in the workplace. I also brought one of the other gifts up was word of knowledge. And word of knowledge is, is a, in a brief, without going to school of supernatural, giving a brief sentence, is when you know something divinely that could be for healing or about information about someone's life that already happened. So supernatural revelation of the divine will and plan. Supernatural insight or understanding of circumstances or a body of facts by revelation that is, that is without assistance of any human resource but solely by divine aid. It implies a deeper and more advanced understanding of the communi- communicated acts of God or for involves moral wisdom for right living and relationships. So in that job, for example, I was doing ministry at nighttime. And so we have this thing called Miracle Monday Nights. And so I was praying before I went to the service, Lord, what do you want to do tonight? I was thinking, you know, he, and he gave me this list of healings and stuff that, that he wanted to accomplish. But I heard this word. I heard, I heard, this, I heard this word so, so ever lightly. It says, I can't breathe. I can't catch my breath. I can't feel my lungs with air. And I wrote it down. So that night I went to the meeting, and people showed up and got healed and blessed. And, and it, was a, it was a party. It was a great party. It was a great time. But I called this word of knowledge. I can't breathe. I can't catch my breath. I can't fill my lungs with air. And nobody claimed it. Well, it might be my niece, she has asthma. Well, it might be this or that. This is, no, but nobody claimed that. Well, I missed it. But I stepped out in faith to take a chance. And when you step out in faith, you grow spiritually even more to your true inheritance that you've been given on the side of the cross. But I go to work the next day, about six in the morning or so, and my boss Charles is in the break room by himself. He looks a little pale and peaked. I said, Charles, you okay? He says, Lonnie. I can't breathe, I can't catch my breath, I can't fill my lungs with air. I freaked out. I went and closed the door, I said, Charles, now I told you I was a Christian, right? Well, you told me that, Lonnie, but I didn't tell you about the miracles and signs and wonders. What are you talking about? I said, Charles, this is what happened. And I told him the whole story about my walk with the Lord and the supernatural. I said, you're going to be healed, Charles. That's a word of knowledge for your life to be to the Lord who heal you. He said, well, I got to run. I got to run. I said, just know you're, you're healed in Jesus' name. Didn't even pray with him. He was gone the rest of the day. Didn't even see him. So the next morning, I walk in the, come in the office, and mine is right next to his. I'm a little sheepish, and I see his light on. I said, uh, Charles, I said, get in here. Get in here. <laughs> and I'm, like, kind of scared. What's going to happen? He says, Lonnie, when I left, I was totally healed. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But something's going on. Now, I never, met that, I, never led, I never led him to the Lord personally. But let me tell you what happened. They wanted me to start teaching at ministry school once a week, doing prime time sales hours for like nine months. And I went to Charles. That's what he said. He says, Lonnie, it's obvious God has his hand in your life. And as long as you're my employee, I'm going to do whatever I can to help you fulfill that destiny on your call. So I'm going to go to my boss and see what we can do to make this happen. And they're proved it within a week. Come on, in the cells. Come on, that's what God does. You step out in faith and you take a chance, and God just increases you, increases you. Discerning spirits, supernatural power to detect the realm of the spirits and their activities, it implies the power and spiritual insight, supernatural revelation of plans and purposes, the enemy and his forces. And a lot of times, when you, when you do meet people of the world, you might be encountering different kind of spiritual activity around them. Spirits, 
passengers, hitchhikers, Cleons, what do you want to call them? Now, when you go in love, you don't embarrass nobody or even another Christian. You don't say you got a bunch of demons hanging on you or you're possessed or you're whatever. You, you go in love, but you go in your authority. You start breaking those things off them as you have power to in the authority of Jesus' name given you. And there's a way to do it where you're not embarrassing the person or, or, or let me give you an example. One was, uh, this, one, this one girl came to my service a long time ago I was doing and uh, gave her a prophetic word. I knew we had to meet more. She came with a friend of mine. So I said, God, you're not going to meet this girl more. Something's up. The Lord's doing something. And so when we met, all three of us met for coffee once at Starbucks, a lot of ministry at Starbucks. And she began to talk about her spiritual walk and how she, uh, she, she talked about Jesus, talked about the Holy Spirit, but she talked about the New Age and the church she went to. I won't say the name, but she was following one of the uh, most powerful and recognized to this day uh, New Age leaders there is. It's a woman. I'll just say Sylvia Brown. Okay, there it is. And that's all these churches. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, she's been bamboozled. She's been hoodwinked. She's been tricked. And Laura said, don't say nothing to her. It's the only truth my daughter has. If you rip that rug from under her, you'll destroy her. Just love her. So we met like once a month for a few months. And I would just share testimonies and the love of Jesus, how much God loves her. And she would call me on the phone and says, Lonnie, my windows are closing by themselves. My drawers are open by themselves. My doors are open and closing by themselves. My house is shaking. I don't know what's going on. And I pray and it would stop. She was having pastors come through her house. So we meet a few more times, a few more times, sharing different, how much God loves her, Holy Spirit, Jesus testimonies. And then one day God said, tonight's the night. I'm going to the veil off her eyes. She's ready. There's been enough truth deposited in her spirit, enough love given to her, she can accept it now. So let me take her to a scripture in Deuteronomy that night where it talked about some of this stuff. And she says, oh my gosh, I've been tricked. The, the veil was ripped and truth came in. And she has an amazing walk with the Lord now. Come on. But it was done in love. It was done in love. It was done in love. And here in his heart for his daughter. I could have went and said, you crazy, you're messing with them stupid spirits, you know what you're doing, blah, and just bashed her and would have destroyed her and crushed her. God said just love her and speak into her life. Blazing Fire Church, core value number nine. If you ever got Blazing, value, Blazing Fire's core values, we have them on the back table and they're very powerful. It's called bringing the reality of the kingdom everywhere we go by undoing the works of the devil. Here's the scriptures, Matthew 6, 10, 10, 1, 7 through 8, John 14, 12 through 14, John 3, 8, 2 Peter 1, 2 through 4, 2 Corinthians 5, 20, and Isaiah 61, 1. We are Jesus, Jesus to people, bringing us truth, love, and power to set the captives free. We have God's heart for his brokenhearted and desperate children. God wants supernatural to be natural for the believer. I heard somebody say once say he put his, he's put his super on our natural to make us supernatural. What Jesus did, we got to do. Heal the sick, we get to do. Heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, and even greater things. We are taking the kingdom of God out to the streets and everywhere we go. And that's what this church truly stands on and believes in. That's what our school of supernatural ministry is really about. We have students that come to our school, have never prayed for the sick, have never seen the sick healed, and we guarantee them that you will. You will lay hands on the sick. You will see them recover because who was in you and who you were in. And it happens every time, every time. Healing and miracles one-on-one, covering the basics. Because in a short session tonight, we can only talk about the basics. Matthew 10, 70, this is one of my life scriptures. I have three life scriptures. This is one of them to this date in my life. As you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. These hands, your hands, the kingdom is from within, releases out to where it comes in our, our, our spirit of influence. So the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, Cast out demons, freely you received, freely you give. This is not, would you like to? Would you think about it? Hope for it one day. Pray it would happen to you. No, it's a commandment. As you go. I'm serious. I really believe this in my heart. I really believe this in my heart. Bill Johnson from Bethel, anybody heard of him before? He said, Jesus is perfect theology. And I'm going to keep you here on that, I promise. We'll go to about 1230. Is that okay, 1 o'clock? <laughs> Joking. 
we'll go about a half an hour or so and do some ministry time. But I want to share a 10-minute clip on Bill talking about the same topic. Because I think a lot of people have spoken to my life. He's one of the ones that really understands this and can really communicate it deeply. So we get lights down a little bit and hit the volume up. That'd be great. It's all about becoming a, a generation that can authentically display who Jesus is. He is the central figure. He is the one that is worshipped. He is the one the Bible calls the desire of the nations. He's what everybody wants. They just don't know it. You know, the more we represent Jesus as he genuinely is, the more desirable you and I become to the nations. He's the same as he was in here. Jesus is perfect theology. You want to know what God's like? Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. He, didn't, he never blessed any storms. Never once was he sitting in a boat with hurricane force winds and he says, just go to that city, destroy them, it'll humble them, then they'll pray and they'll become like me. No, that's, you know, people say that, but Jesus never said that. He never did it. Doesn't do that. He's the same today. He's the same. So he makes our job real easy. Because it means he's not complicated. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And he said to you and me, he says, as the Father sent me, I send you. So what is our job? Destroy the works of the devil. You know, people come to me and say, well, I just need to know God's will for my life. I've got decisions to make. I need to know what his will is. So it's easy. It's just heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, and cleanse lepers. I go, well, I, what I meant was, I don't know if I should be a pastor or a missionary. I just say, I'll just pick one, and then heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, and cleanse lepers. Yeah, but what I really want is, I don't know if I should be married or single. And say, well, what do you want? Well, I want to be married. Well, then get married. Then heal the sick. Cast out the It's not complicated. See, the Holy Spirit is in you and he wants out. He's in you as a river, not a lake. If it was a lake, he'd just be sitting there. But he's in there as a river because he wants out. He wants to flow through us. You wonder what he wants to do? You wonder what he wants it to be like? See, Jesus was in this boat and He's sleeping. It's in Mark 4, if you want to look at it. You brought your owner's manual, didn't you? Verse 35 says, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let's cross over to the other side. So I wonder what God's will is. I wonder what God's will is. If you're in the boat, do you need to pray about God's will? Do I need to rephrase it? This isn't a trick question. God just said, let's go to the other side. So I wonder what his will is. Go to the other side. Hmm. He, said, heal the, he said, heal the sick. So I wonder what his will is. That's a good word. <laughs> I suppose that works. When they left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. Other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. He was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? That's an amazing question to ask the Savior of the world. <laughs> Do you not care that we're perishing? Perhaps you have not noticed we're all drowning. The boat is filling with water. Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Then he arose, rebuked the wind, said to the sea, Peace be still. The wind ceased. There was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? It's kind of a strange story because... Uh, they went and woke God up. 
And then they, they petitioned God, asked God, Jesus Christ, to save them and to calm the storm. He did. He answered their petition, which we call prayer. And then after answering their prayer, said, how come you don't have any faith? I don't know about you, I was raised in an environment where you pray and God does stuff, and that was called faith. And here Jesus says, how come you don't have any faith? And they're thinking, I thought I did, I knew who to go to. <laughs> I knew who to wake up. You know, sometimes we pray in the place of obedience. And what happens frequently is people pray instead of radically obey, and then we can blame the outcome on God. Prayer is important, but it's never to substitute obedience. He said heal the sick. You know, sometimes, honestly, we spend all this time in prayer and don't understand why God didn't answer. And oftentimes it's because you're the answer and you're still. God saved my city. Go do something. Go release the kingdom. God, we want to see a transformed city. That's awesome. Get involved. Your salt, your light, your leaven. Get into the system. Watch the spirit of God in you affect the world around you. He put the spirit of the resurrected Christ, the exact power that entered the tomb, that entered the body, that raised him from the dead. He took that one and he caused him to take up residence inside of you. That's no small thing. Wait till you see the effect of righteousness in here. See, the Lord's trying to get us to learn this because we still have Old Testament paradigms that are tough to shift out of. We still, we still are way impressed with the size of the devil's work and the darkness in a city. And, uh, and we shouldn't be because he's very unimpressive. Now it's compared to the Lord. I'm not at all implying he has no power, but he's been cut off from his life source. He's been drying up for several thousand years. See, as long as the enemy causes us to tremble at his strategies, his plans, the power of wickedness and the power of sin, then we will just huddle together in buildings, we'll have meetings every night, and we hope that the world out there comes in to meet Jesus in here, when they should be nervous about you. That's right. One person in God is a majority. So the disciples wake Jesus up, he goes to the edge of the boat, he says, peace be still. And the wind and the waves stop, and he looks at the disciples, he says, how come you're so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? What did he do? He stood at the edge of the boat and he said, peace, and the storm stopped. Isn't that weird? I mean, most of us would have gone, I rebuke you. <laughs> In the name. <laughs> and if you yell, it kind of helps, you know, because we, we all know the devil's afraid of noise. <laughs> and then if you add Jesus at the end of the prayer, it makes it powerful. <laughs> His name isn't the magic potion that makes what you said good. You say what you say out of who you are in God, who God is in you. That's what makes it powerful. It says, the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is in the Holy Ghost. When you speak what God is saying, the reality of the Spirit of God is released into the room, and He Himself contains the realm of the kingdom. And what is the kingdom? It's the reality of the king's dominion. Whatever doesn't function in heaven doesn't function in the realm of that dominion. That's why cancer leaves the body when the dominion of God collides with that spirit. It's why the blind eye opens. It's why the broken bone is mended. It's because the stuff that just doesn't exist in heaven is not tolerated. We, we're learning as a lifestyle. God's not on trial. We are. 
I don't hold him hostage to do this one miracle. I am responsible to pursue these things. People say, well, God causes all these calamities. Really? Who did he leave in charge? Who did he give his name to? People say, well, God causes all these calamities and tragedies. Really? Who did he leave in charge? Who did he give his name to? All the authority of heaven, presence of God, unlimited, without measure. That's you and me. So here we have this. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to draft you into a... I'm trying to draft you into a lifetime call, a lifetime commitment. Every day of your life, wake up in the morning with the full intention, today I'm going to make a contribution that changes the course of world history. Here's, here's a good goal for you. How about never going to bed at night without blood on your sword? Man, sorry. Yeah. Bill, lights please, thank you, thank you guys. So who do you leave in charge? Who do you give his name to? It's a lifetime call, a lifetime commitment. And you know, recently I've been, uh, you've been bored with your Bible? It's just dry and like a desert and you're getting nothing out of it. You're like, God, why am I reading this thing? You look up and it's been a couple of weeks gone by. You read it, a month goes by, two months gone by, three months, well, not you, well, me. <laughs> And I, and I run a supernatural school of ministry, and I go out preaching places, and my Bible has just gotten dry. Not that I'm not in Scripture. Not that I'm, I'm not. It's just it's not speaking to me. It's not sucking me in. It's not something's missing. And I'm begging to cry, say, Lord, I'm bored with this thing. I need help. Help me. What's going on? He says, ah, I want you to take you deeper. I want to take you deeper and deeper in my word. Let's go back to the Gospels. I'm like, again, yes, again. But now I'm going to give you a fresh new pair of eyes to go in my word. And about a few weeks back, I got back into the Gospels again. And oh my gosh. It's like I'm reading them for the first time. I get excited reading them. The love affair is getting deeper. The hunger to see the freedom, the, the captives, this captives free comes even greater. The anger, the holy anger rises inside of me is even angrier. Because I don't know about you, but in the last six months to a year, I've seen a crazy increase in sickness in the world, in the body of Christ and outside the body of Christ. In the last month, it's really been set off in blazing fire. Russ Folkler, my wife, uh, one, of the, one of our friend's kids in the church. I mean, it's like ridiculously illegal. And I got angry about it. Not with God, not with me, but the enemy, the devil, the liar. And so I'm reading these scriptures again. They're speaking to me all over again for like for the first time. What I've been invited into yet again. And the fire is burning even a whole new way like never before. You know, I remember some years back, I'm going to go do a quick meeting in, in Antioch and then I have to take off the next day to, uh, to uh, Bethel for a leader's advance. And, and I'm driving down, and some of you guys know me over the years, know the story, but I love the story. And I'm driving down Highway 4, coming out of Concord, going towards Antioch, and it's a big four-lane highway, and the sun's kind of just starting to go down, warm summer night, and I'm jamming in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the slow lane, and this guy's passing by this white Tacoma four-door, I'll never forget this story, truck. Flipping everybody off, they just drive by. He had their shirts off. I don't know they've been partying. They also have been partying, right? And I'm like, wow, they've been partying. Well, just keep them safe, Lord. And as you start going down Highway 4, it comes down to two lanes, doesn't it, if you people that know that road. He said, no, I find myself next to him but they're on the right side, I'm on the left side. And, and I look over because their music's loud and they begin to call me names. Like the N-word and you black thing and all these crazy things at me. And the first thing I me, mean, I want to rub and say, excuse me, let's pull over, let's deal with this. Because I was scared. But I began to pray in, my t- in tongues and they backed off. A few minutes come barreling up again and we're going to kill you, you s- you think you're going you're gonna to die today and this is your, de- you know, just 
ballistic, and I, and I got really scared. And I'm going to pray in tongues again, and they backed off. They came a third time, and they got so close that they're going to run me off the road, and I freaked. So the sun's going down now. I said, if I just jump on the gas pedal, there's a lot of cars out there. Go between cars. My exit's about a mile away. They won't see me off the exit, so I jumped on it. Going through the cars. Here's my exit. I think it's Elstree or something like that. Get off the exit, and here they come. I think there's like an Arco gas station right there in the corner when you get off. I pulled an Arco right by the door of the cashier where you walk in to pay, and they won't dare come into a busy gas station because the gas station was busy. And they pull right up into the gas station. I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Do I get on the phone call 911? Do I take off and get lost in some neighborhood and get caught in an alley or, or a courtyard and get killed? Do I? I really, really honestly fear for my life. I really did. And all of a sudden, something possessed me. Something possessed me that 100% of God that lives in me had other ideas without my permission. Because I did one of those crazy prayers many years ago in my apartment. I said, God, it's your life now. Do what you want with it. Hallelujah, let's go. Very dumb, naive prayer when you're a brand new Christian. And next time I'm walking out of the car like this towards their car. What have I done to offend you? How have I hurt you? How can I make it right between us again? And I get to the passenger side of that truck this close where I'm facing Nancy right now. And both their heads are down like this. And I'm in shorts and a shirt pretty much like this. And they look up. They look at me and says, oh, my gosh, don't hurt us. Please, we know Jesus. We know Jesus. Please don't hurt us. Please, please let us go. Please, please, please don't hurt us. Please. And I what? Oh, my God. Okay. Boom. I was gone. Now, once I collected myself, once I collected myself, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was totally supernatural. They saw something protected me. Like even that bowed down to Jesus Christ in me. I never said God. I never said Jesus. I never said nothing. But they, I just said, what have I done to offend you? What can I do to make it right? And they saw the power of Jesus. Wow. And the Lord gave me a scripture that night, Exodus 14, 14. <laughs> and it says, and I'm paraphrasing this, it says, the Lord will fight your battles for you. And the message Bible says, and it says, keep your mouth shut. Come on. How many of you know that night Jesus fought that battle for me? Come on. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. Let me sure we're tracking properly. Revelation 19, 10 says, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I'm, I'm, I'm sharing these testimonies is to brag on Jesus and how awesome he is. Because every time I brag about Jesus and what I get to see him do, man, I get more excited again, over and over again. Listen, I, I have to be totally honest with you. If not thousands, I've got to see hundreds of healings in the last 10 years of my life. Hundreds at least. Hundreds. Through he used these hands to travel around the world, different places, United States, and lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Humbles me. And I hear one person get healed, and I'm turning flips and excited. Oh, my gosh. You know why? Because every time someone gets healed, Jesus showed up. He manifested himself right here in our presence, and it just rocks me every time. I know healing should be natural to us, but I don't want to be natural at the same time either. I always get excited when his presence shows up. So I brag about his testimonies that he allows me to see. And I truly believe this is 100% absolutely the Father's heart, that all are healed and made whole. I believe this 100% on tape. I say it. A man that stands before you who buried his 17-year-old, or say, let my, saw my 17-year-old son go to be with Jesus two years ago of cancer. After seeing stage four cancer, hit had many different people. I sat there with my son go to be with Jesus at July 3rd, 2009. And I still believe this day is 100% the Father's heart that everyone is healed and made whole. Everyone. 
We just got to get the full revelation of what that looks like. Like Bill said, we got to keep going after it and after it and after it and after it and can't let that stop us. Because one, I know for one thing, my son's probably a great cloud of witnesses and he whipped my butt if I didn't. <laughs> but there's times, truthfully, there's times I feel his spirit somehow from there saying, Dad, I love what you're doing. Don't stop. I can explain that. I can give you scriptures for it. All I know is it says in the Bible, those who are in Christ aren't dead. They're alive in Christ. They're not dead. They're alive in Christ. So the Father sent his son on our behalf. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Isaiah 53, 5. Matthew 9, 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. That shows me that God wants, 100% in his heart that all are healed and made whole. Everyone in that village, every disease was gone. When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought to them him, brought, to the, brought them to him, and he laid hands on them, and every one of them, he had laid hands on everyone, and all of them were healed. Luke 4.40. Everyone he put hands on got healed. Everyone. Everyone. And as far as I know, in the Greek, everyone means everyone. Luke 5, 12 to 13. And it happened when he was in a certain city, that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. And he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing to be cleansed. Immediately, the leprosy left him. Jesus didn't get to a long, drawn-out prayer. He didn't intercede for four hours somewhere. He didn't fast for 40 days somewhere. He said, let it be so. Pick up your mat and walk. Stretch out your hand. Short and to the point and got her done. There's something in the relation of Jesus Christ's life that we need to get and I'm pursuing to get. To see that 100% of people I get to pray for, the honor to pray for, healed and made whole, saved to be saved, yet to be saved or saved already. And I'll pursue that to my last breath till I go to be Jesus at home. I will pursue it and I will teach it and I will give it away because I truly believe it. I truly want to see it in our time. We have youth coming up now believing it. It's funny because uh, Mavis' little sister, Day, she's two going to three, right? And uh, so Michaela always wants prayer. Michaela's always bumping into something and hurting herself and so they share a room together, and because pray for me, I hurt my knee or whatever. Pray for me, my stomach's hurting. So I'm in the room, I'm praying for, for uh, Michaela. And then Dave says, pray for me. Pray for me, Dad. Pray for me, Lonnie. Call me Dad or Lonnie. It depends on the moment. Pray for me. And, and so I lay hands on her. So now whenever she bumps herself, I say, well, you want to pray? You want to pray? But, you know, it's imparting something. It's imparting a culture. It's imparting a way of life. So we've got kids raised up in the world now that believe in this thing from birth, that parents are teaching them how to really pursue it. And by the time they get my age, man, can you imagine what God's going to do to them? Amen. Because they don't have the religion on them or the world on them. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power of unclean spirits to cast them out and, he, and heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases, Matthew 10, 1. Now, last I checked, everyone in this room is a disciple of Jesus. Everyone in this room, from the oldest to the youngest, to the newest Christian to the oldest Christian, is a disciple of Jesus Christ. And this is what he told his disciples. He gave you power of unclean spirits. He gave you power to cast them out. He gave you power to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. Like Bill said, well, what do you want to do? I want to be a doctor. Okay, after being a doctor, as you go, preach, stand, keep your hand on that hand, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out. Now, I believe in medicine, too. Trust me, I believe in medicine. I do. I believe in, Lord, bless the doctors. Bless their hearts. Give them godly wisdom. Give them godly counsel. Give them revelation. Give them dreams at night. But they're practicing medicine. 
So my first defense is prayer. And then my second defense is, okay, we exhausted all the prayer we know how to do, then we seek doctors. Make sense? So you have that migraine, lay hands on yourself. So what you're telling me, lay hands on yourself. Keep going and going and going. What's the story, old story of Heidi Baker? She paid for like 100 people that were blind before she, for, for, for the 100th one, finally got to see. And now it's no more part of her ministry. I believe it's sowing seed. You sow, you sow, you sow into that ground of healing. You sow that ground that gets to the spirit. And then one day, pop, the fruit starts popping up. I truly believe that. It's easy to pray for the sick and see him healed. And then let a tragedy happen. They can't get back on that horse again. You can. You can. You can. And you will if you, if you went through that. Does all disease and all this come from the enemy? My answer is 100% yes. And that's why I say that. Because in, in the basics of it, God is good. Satan is bad. Jesus ain't never gave nobody cancer. He ain't never gave nobody Whatever they got, he didn't put nothing on nobody. But we live in a fallen world. And he left us in charge. But so we wouldn't be alone, he put 100% of his spirit in us to help us and teach us and guide us and instruct us and equip us up and basically work on our characters. Because you need the character of God to walk out the anointing of God so you don't destroy yourself and other people. And it's a journey, not a destination. John 14, 16. And I'll pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. <clears throat> but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So he's talking about the Holy Spirit that dwells within, the coach, the teacher. And there's times I've been to Christians like, well, who do you pray to? I mean, you pray to God? Do you pray to Jesus? Do you pray to the Holy Spirit? I was confused. Who do you pray to? Then I started meeting them one by one. I met Papa. He started teaching me about his love of a father to a son. And remember the day he told me this. He said, I love you not because of what you do or don't do. I love you just because you're mine. And man, that wrecked me. When God himself, God, Papa said that to my heart, I said, oh my gosh. So I pray to God sometimes. I pray to Papa. And there's times and seasons I pray to Jesus. My Lord and Savior, my big brother. There's times I pray to my, my best friend, the Holy Spirit, my counselor, my teacher, my corrector, the one that disciplines me, believe it or not. I get disciplined because I'm a little thick-headed sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get disciplined a lot, actually. But let me tell you, when God disciplines me, it's not like, how can I explain it? You've got to experience it if you never have. I don't know a lot of you have. It takes you to a higher, better place. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Actually, this is God did it. This is actually God's discipline this time. So you guys know this testimony. I had a quick tongue with my kids because my kids in public are going to be this way, and they're not going to be like that. And, you know, I grew up with that same kind of mentality my parents gave me. I love my parents. I could go to shit with them. And so I remember my son was on the phone with his mom. You know, I've been divorced a lot of years, and we had a great friendship. And he's on the phone with his mom, and he says, you're a liar, and hung up on her. Now, to me, you don't do that. So I, I, my words, I went up one side of him, again, the other side of him, and I ripped him apart with my words. And I was so mad. I said, take your butt upstairs. And I've been at sea for half an hour. I'm so mad at you. And I went outside storming, mad. And God said to me, who do you think you are? And I stopped dead in my tracks. Who do you think you are to tear apart my son like that? Who gave you that kind of power and permission to destroy my son's spirit? You turn right back around, march upstairs, and ask my son for forgiveness. Now I'm crying. I'm crying. He says, 
that's not the way I discipline. That's the way you discipline. So I went up the stairs and said, son, I just had this encounter with God, and I'm crying. He says, I'm so sorry. I remember, I'm so sorry I did this to you. Can you forgive me? And he said, Dad, I forgive you. And you know what that did? It showed my son that I have a God that I'm accountable to. And I'm not God in his life. There's a God in his life. And the buck doesn't stop with me. It stops with God. And man, our relationship flourished. People that saw Lonnie come to church with me, he'd hang up, 16 years old, hanging all over his dad. We're in the mall. He hangs out. He hangs on me. Because we have that bond now. Because God disciplined me and chastised me, took me to a higher place of love. Do you get what I'm saying? Who cares about the booming, yelling voice? That what, if you got that, you missed it. If you got that guy yelled at me, you missed it. He loved me so much. He loved my son so much. He loved relationships so much. He had to get through my thick head. He said, get your butt out of that mess and get up here where you belong. You're a prince. And your son's a prince. What are you doing? This is how we operate. And the relationship I had my son was just amazing after, that we developed after that. Now, let me tell you, I wasn't perfect yet. It, I had to walk this thing out. When you get revelation from God, you got to walk it out. It gives you plenty of opportunity to do it. Run that mountain one more time. So we're at his mom's house one night, and he said something that triggered me. This stuff from my past, I never haven't dealt with yet, that God let rise up. And I said, Lonnie. He said, Lonnie. He said, you know God's listening right now. Better watch yourself. <laughs> and I'm laughing. He's laughing. yeah, but don't push it, buddy. All right. But it's a true story. You know, and, and I love that because, because I needed that. I, I, I want God no other way. Even my wife now, you know. Now, we don't yell. We don't scream. We're not fighters, nothing like that. But we have, we have intense fellowship. And we have. <laughs> she's, look, she's a strong woman. She's awesome. I mean, and, and, and she's iron shop is iron. And there's times I just flat out don't agree with her. Flat out just don't agree with her. <laughs> then I found out something, too. There's times she don't agree with me. Oh, can you believe that? Me. Me. That's what I told her. No. So verbally, I'm cold, calm, and collected, but some of my heart a little, you know, ticked off a little bit that she ain't receiving my point. And she's so cool. She says, why don't you spend time with Papa? I'll go spend time with Fire, what he tells us to do. I said, let's do that. Papa, deal with your daughter. She is straight, tripping, ain't hearing me, ain't hearing my heart. She's stuck in her way. And you know what he tells me? No, I want to deal with you. And I'll show you where you're wrong. Because that's my daughter. I'm like, oh. And he told me before I married her, he says, always remember this. She's my daughter before she was your wife. And I'll remind you. So there's times God takes to the side and I say, Lord, talk to her because she ain't hearing me. No, I'm going to talk to you right now. <laughs> I remember this one time she was going to do ministry in the, uh, the process into a, uh, to the uh, stripper clubs with a group of, from Bethel. And uh, we had gone to a, one of those intense fellowships that day. <laughs> so, so, it was about something, something silly. Something, I don't even remember what it was now. It was so stupid. My pride, probably. And uh, so I said, okay, you know what? Cool. I'm cool. I'm good. Yeah, go do your thing. Have fun. Blah, blah, blah. She went upstairs to get ready. The Lord said, what are you doing? I said, nothing, man. Why are you being that way to my daughter? I said, well, I'm, I'm supporting her. I'm on page with her. I'm cheering her. She said, no, you're not. You're faking it. Like, what do you mean I'm faking this? When my daughter goes on this time, you always make sure she has gas in the car, money in her pocket, and you always pray a blessing over her. You ain't done that yet. You're holding heart. He says, listen, Lonnie, you don't have to agree with my daughter. I never expect you to always agree with my daughter. But don't ever let your heart get hard towards her. And right now your heart's getting hard towards her. Loosen it back up again. Like, whoa. So she comes down. So I snuck off, went to the verse table real quick, got some money, put gas in the car, came back before she got out of the shower and stuff, sitting there. Hey, babe, can I talk to you for a minute? <laughs> so uh, 
I went and got some money for you. Make sure you have money in your pocket. Gas in the car. And can I just pray a blessing over you? Oh, oh daddy must talk to you, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did. Matter of fact, even tonight I tell you the story. I'm telling myself. So with the baby, with the baby not sleeping last night, you can imagine uh, we're both tired. And, and Angela, she said, Lonnie, I'm tired. I'm, I'm wiped out. I need to sleep. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not going tonight. I'm staying home with the little ones. You take the older ones. I need to rest. And I said, yeah, I totally get it. No problem. So I, fi- I was finishing up some things in the message. I went upstairs to lay down myself. I got a little sleeping. sleeping. I woke up on the door, and the baby woke up. He said, you woke the baby up. I just want to get some sleep. Well, she's up now. And I said, fine. I walked out the room. And I was a little upset because she blamed me for waking the baby. <laughs> she comes downstairs with the baby, and she's watching TV with the girls and stuff. And, you know, I said, can I talk to you for a minute? We were outside in the garage, and we were talking stuff. And everything's great. But still in my heart, it's not totally great, you know, right? So I'm sitting at the computer, and God says, so, uh, you going to make your heart right? You going to make your heart right? I said, yeah, let me do that. I said, hey, babe, can I get anything for you? You need anything? Can I help you before I go to service tonight? What can I do to bless you before I leave? Just, <laughs> this is serious today. I said, babe, I'm sorry. I said, I'm sorry, too. I gave her a kiss, and I was on my way. Come on. But that's how we live. I'm just telling, I'm just, I'm telling you how I live. This, this, is how, this is how it goes in our home. My girls see me act crazy sometimes and have to ask for forgiveness and apologize. Don't, huh? Mm-hmm. Come on. I, I, listen, I'm trying to say, I'm trying to, I'm not, listen, I'm trying to say this. You don't have to have your ducks in for God to use you. Right. You've got to let him make, bring the stuff up that he wants to heal up so you would be the best Jesus he could represent in the way he sends you. And it's a journey, not a destination. I'm just saying. That's how it works in my house anyway. And I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. Matthew 10, 7, and 8. And as you go, like we said, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leopard. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. For you receive, for you give. Now, get revelation what that looks like. <laughs> you're not preaching at people. I'm, I'm speaking to the choir. You're not yelling at people. You're not telling them you're going to hell. You wait for the opportunity God gives you and come with love. It could be a smile. It could be a handshake. It could be a kind word. And then see what door opens. And you walk in that door. And whatever gift's going to manifest itself. Whether it be healing or prophetic or speaking in a whole different tongue that another person understands. Whatever he wants to do. But it starts with love. Because like, like Bill said, they're not going to run in here. Heck, most Christians are running out of church from being beat up so much. True story, Right? But if we take love, love of Papa, out to them and them see the real God, the real Jesus, the real Holy Spirit, the one that doesn't condemn or convict. Listen, I'm telling you right now, I'll tell you the truth. Jesus did it on the cross. He said, it's finished. I pay for every sin, every judgment this world will ever see. I did it. I did it. It's done. It's over with. It's over with. It's over with. It's over with. I'm not judging nothing no more. I'm done until the one day. When there's the books get opened up, the books put for lever, there'll be a lot of rewards. The books that didn't receive Jesus as a gift, there's a whole different consequence. I truly believe that. But judgment as we know it has happened already on the cross. That's, I'm, it's, in the, it's in the Gospels. It's in the book. I read it. So let's stop judging people. Let's start loving people. If you've never been loved by your own dad, because a lot of us haven't, then start telling God, what does it look like? What does godly, fatherly, papa love look like? And let me start experiencing it. And I tell you, it radically change your life. You know, one of, the, one of my favorite books I ever read was The Shack. You remember when The Shack was popular going around? If you never read that book, read that book. It's not scriptural book. It's not the Bible. Okay, it's a, it's a fictional story. But I tell you what, the spiritual overtones in that thing will just wreck you if you let the Holy Spirit come in. And do some cleaning and helping and healing and freeing. I'm telling you. That's what he does. And if I sound intense about this, I am intense about it. Because see, nine years ago, I was at a tent meeting for leaders up in Santa Rosa. 
about 400 people there. And the, and the pastor, the, the leader, the ministry leader, the, the evangelist who was leading said, listen, if you need prayer in your body for healing, physical sickness, your spirits are down, whatever it is, please come up and get a touch of God. And about 95% of those people came up, of those leaders. These are church leaders, ministry leaders, so, so, so to say. And I said, oh my gosh, these are the people leading the flock. I'm a new Christian still. And I got in on a friend got me in. And uh, I said, God, what's wrong? He says, my body's sick. But I'm bringing healing to him, raising him back up again. So a couple weeks ago, I did, we did a healing through worship, and I called the body up to get prayed for. And about 90% of this church came forward for healing. They were here that night. And none against nobody came up. But that's not right. That's not how we're supposed to live. I don't understand it all yet. Uh, the full revelation, I'm not walking up, but I'll keep pursuing it. But that is the enemy doing something in the world that is not right. And it broke my heart that so many people that God loves, his children, my brothers and sisters are dealing with illnesses and diseases they shouldn't have to deal with. It's not their fault. I'm not pointing the finger at nobody. I'm not saying that. But the enemy is a liar, and I'm sick of it. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of cancer. I'm sick of mental illness. I'm sick of stuff that's happening in the world that shouldn't be happening. It ain't right. And we got to stand up and do something about it. So that's why I'm passionate about it. Because no one deserves it. No one deserves it. Because Jesus paid the price for it. Saved or unsaved, he paid the price for them too. They just have yet to meet him yet until they meet you. So I know I'm preaching to the choir, but at the same time, we got to go over the stuff every now and again just to hone it back in again. So I'm going to, so I'm holding myself back in again. I'm going back to the basics. I'm going back to the basics. I'm going back to the, the gospels and, watch, and, and just analyze the life of Jesus and say, Holy Spirit, teach me again. Teach me anew. Refresh me. Blow on me again. Let me see what you see. Thank you for yesterday, but I need to live for the day now. It's a new day. I'm a brand new Christian. Walk me through it again. How do we do this? How do we pray for the sick? How do we lay hands on the sick? Talk to me, Holy Spirit. Teach me, teach me, teach me. Encourage me. And, and at the same time, work on my character. Work on my character still. Change my character to be more like Jesus. And when you do that, the character flaws, they start rising up. He's going to take them away. He lets you see them and then lets you deal with them. But the reward is phenomenal. The reward is priceless. Priceless. So we're going to call the ministry team up right now. I told you I wouldn't keep you long. So if you, if you guys are part of the ministry team I've talked to or emailed, would you come on up for me, please? These mostly are students that just finished School of Supernatural Ministry last, last season, June 3rd we got out. June 3rd we got out? Yeah, June 3rd. Some that can make it tonight. And I want you guys to spread out. I know you guys like hanging out together, holding each other. But spread out. And when I go to the next slide, we're going to have some music in the background where they're praying for you. Before we do that, I want to see if anybody has a word of knowledge for healing that you feel led to release by the Lord. They might have a word of knowledge on the team that they want to release for healing at all. Okay, like in class, dig deep. A word of knowledge for healing. Okay, can you get a, can you get a microphone? I got one right here. Testing one, two. Shannon, coming up, bud, if you can. Testing one, two. Got that one? Thanks, Todd. Thank Pastor Todd. Tom Lee's fine. Yeah. Um, I'm getting headache and like a, a focal point of the pain is on the left side. So if anyone has a headache. So if, you have, if you're having a headache right now, or I'll say I'll go in deeper. If you suffer from migraines or headaches, raise your hand for me right now. If you have a headache right now or suffer from migraines, raise your hands. Hold it for me so I can see. Hold it high so I can really see you. Thank you. I'm not trying to embarrass you. Okay, when it's time for prayer altar call, I want you to go to Domaly and lay hands on you, okay? Anybody else in the team? Shandy, come on up. Shandy's, Shandy, Shandy, man. He's one of our leaders in school of ministry, one of our instructors. Um, I felt, uh, um, I, first of all, I felt uh, pain or like a burn on my right arm. Um, and someone, I felt pain in my wrist. A pinched nerve on the sh right shoulder. All of this on the right shoulder. So if you have any pain in your right arm, like pretty much I've 
having pain all over my arm. So that's you. Can you raise your hand? Okay. Yeah. Make sure you come see Shandy Man. And another prayer, yeah, uh, another word of knowledge, I felt like the Lord was going to free a lot of people of depression. So if you deal with depression. Shabbat. Like the Lord's going to bring a, breaking, a breakthrough in your life. So don't, uh, you know, it might not be a good thing if you line up straight in front of me, but I know the Lord's going to heal everybody that comes up. So, yay. Yeah, let me say this. We all, and I mean, A-L-L, like in all of us, at some time or another in life, struggle with depression. All of us. So please, this is family. Get the prayer. Tina. I recently, I want to praise the Lord because I recently praise God for my prayer warriors way back there, Mary, Rosie, um, Flory, and Estralia, and Mary's four kids, Crystal, Raul, and Junior, and Amy. Praise God for them because I got delivered from a spirit of depression that the enemy had been throwing at me for years, and it got so bad when I was going through Kingdom Training School of Ministry that the, um, the doctor put me on antidepressants, and um, I said, no more recently and the joy of the lord has come back to me and um it's unbelievable because it's getting more and more and yesterday when i was praying for a guy i, I was just laughing and joyous in the lord and i, I praise god because there's an anointing here tonight for that for deliverance from depression and derek if you want to come and pray man he's probably from our old king training school if you want to come and pray if you'll let come up if you got a word of knowledge come and give it okay we love you derek um, I heard um, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, or do you have that? Whoa, you know? come on. That's what I heard. So. Okay. Shannon, anybody else? Go ahead, buddy. Um, pain in the right side of your stomach, like some kind of pain that you have. Um, and um, someone has a, like some left, it's like left foot pain on the Shout. top of your Whoa. foot. Whoa! Who's that? <sighs> okay, yeah. And um, arthritis Shoo. may be in the right foot, mm. ankle, yeah. Okay. I want to pray for life-threatening illnesses. Yeah. If you have a life-threatening illness and you're here tonight, or someone in your family has a life-threatening illness, I want to go for that with you. Is that okay? So make sure you see me. I want to pray with you for that. I totally believe in yes. Definitely, I've been reading your emails, Rosie. I, especially, I was reading it today, and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to pray. And I did pray, but I want to pray with you too, Joseph. This isn't an illness, it's needing more of that spring. Come on, that's a good There's word. a spring that's going to be released. So if you need a little bit more of that bubbling spring to pour out of you, feel free. Last, okay. One or two more and then we'll start. I feel like I hear God saying that he's releasing anointing that's wrapped in his love and it's for business, to bring business to your area. I've seen it happen in Manteca, um, down the street from Rosie's shop. The guy's name is Valentine Construction. He bought up the block and half of the other. He's creating businesses and jobs, and he's helping homeless people. So I just decree and declare that the Lord is pouring out that anointing that's wrapped in love and boldness to carry out what Lonnie was talking about tonight. Just to go and do it. And I want to just release that tonight because it's here. Thank you. Derek, do you have anything, buddy? Good, okay. Well, let's pray and get started. Let me put this somewhere. I probably got your microphones all mixed up now. Can we thank Jim back there tonight helping us with all the sound stuff? Thank you, Jim. Our sound people that helped him. Hey, Jim, when the music comes on, I don't want it too loud, but I want it loud enough, too. That's the same, like, medium, I guess. Some of them, they hear the music while they're getting prayed for, too, but they'll still heal the prayers. What that looks like, I don't know. So we're putting a series of music on while we're praying with you. And uh, I hope my message encouraged you, didn't, didn't make you feel like you're not doing enough. I know you're doing, more, you know, everybody's doing a lot. But I just want to bring this back to the forefront, what we need to be after in this part of the kingdom of the, of the, of the uh, revival we're in. So if you need prayer, the lines are open.